Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. All right. It is Freedom Friday. Another week has passed, and praise God that he has been so, so good to us. We are in Acts 12 this morning. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Speak to us through your word. Let it be you and not us. For this we ask. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. All right, all right. We have the honor of having Pastor Jason reading this word this morning. All right, good morning, good morning. Today we're in Acts 12, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that... What was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate which that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel, and has delivered me from the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to him with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, Go, tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. 
Verse 20. Now, Herod had been angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord. And having made Bladus the king's personal aide, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration, an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a god is and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him, because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Amen. Amen. All right. Stretch if you need to this morning. Wow. You know, this particular chapter, you know, it starts off with an attack right off the get-go. Right off the get-go, uh, King Herod, you know, says that he stretched out his hands to harass uh, some from the church. So this attack was directed uh, against the apostles, against the leadership. And in verse 2, you know, it said, then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. You know, so there was a, a big uh, attack coming against the church, and the church was just beginning to take to take form, and it, and it was and it was growing. But already, the there was prosecution that was that was coming. And in verse three, he says, and because he saw at the Herod, the king, that he pleased the Jews, he proceeded to take it even further. He says, you know what, this pleased everybody. So guess what, I'm going to take it one more step. You know, so so he he sees Peter, you know, and uh, and joined and the the unleavened bread of the Passover. You know, so he saw he saw that he had approval from the people. So he decided, you know what, I'm going to just take Peter, you know, just, you know, just because he felt like it. You know, and it says in verse in verse four. So when he arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. You know, and this particular four squads, it was a total of 16 men. He had 16 men to guard Peter. And that's something, that's how much, that's how probably, I think he had some fear that Peter was going to get away. He probably it had doubts uh, about it himself, but he decided that, that he was going to have, you know, these four squads because each squad is a, is a total of four men. You know, so he, he, put him in prison, and he had these squads ready, you know, to to keep Peter there for so that way they can judge him, that way they can kill him, because that was his whole intent. He wanted the approval of the people. And look what happened. In verse 5, it says, And Peter was therefore kept in prison, you know, but constant prayer was offered by the church. Constant prayer brings results, you know. I don't know, you know, how long Peter was in prison. It could have been just a few days. But the thing is that he was in prison. He was separated from his brethren, you know, but the church was praying. But the church was praying. Do you hear what I'm saying? But the church was praying. It doesn't matter what's happening. We need to continue to pray. We need to continue to keep our focus. And in verse six, and when Harold was about to bring him out that night, so here we go. That night when Howard was about to bring him out the next morning, you know, what was Peter doing? He says that Peter was sleeping bound with two soldiers between two uh, soldiers that guarded him, you know, so and two chains. So Peter was not only in jail, you know, 
He was being he was being guarded by two soldiers, probably one on both sides, and two chains. One chain wasn't good enough, so you know. So Peter was really really bound, you know, that night. He was really bound in prison. But you know, I wanted to bring up a, a couple of things here. Peter was Peter was going to be judged the following day, you know, and and most likely he was going to be killed, you know, after the Passover. But what was he doing? He was sleeping. He was sleeping. He was resting. You know, he was chained between two guards with two chains. So that I don't know how comfortable that can be, but I'm sure it wasn't comfortable at all, at all. And, and number three, he says, Let, let's not forget that constant prayer. You see, constant prayer was the key here because the church was praying for the deliverance of Peter. You know, there is, a, there is power in a praying church. There is power in a praying church. And here we see it. And then verse seven, you know, it says, and now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him that, and light shone in the prison. Now, you know, sometimes, you know, when we read, we just read too fast, you know, but it says the light shone in the prison. I don't know about you, but those prisons back then, well, not, well, not exactly, exactly a hotel that you may find in today's modern prisons. That sometimes, you know, you have a guy to a cell, you know, they got three squares a day, you know, he has a, a bathroom facilities. Most likely these particular uh, prisons, there were probably one large room, probably with multiple people uh, in that room, you know, but here he was. And what was he doing? He was asleep. And it says there that, he, that the angel appeared to him and the light shone. So the, the angels of presence brought light into the area. And, uh, and he says that he's, he struck Peter, rise up saying, rise up quickly, and his chains fell off. And again, a couple of things. Peter was such in a deep sleep that he didn't realize what was going on. He didn't even realize the presence of the angel that was there. The angel was probably calling out to him and saying, Peter, get up. And he was such in a deep sleep, such in a deep sleep that the angel had to struck him, you know, because he didn't hear him. And it says there, rise quickly, and Peter's chain flew off. I don't know what we may be going to today, what you are facing today, but this right here is a word for you, you know, that once you rise up, the chains have to fall off and the chains will fall off because it doesn't say it doesn't say that Peter had to figure it out how to get the chains off. It said that they fell off automatically. They fell off automatically from his hands by themselves. He didn't have to struggle to get out of prison. That angel, you know, struck him, raised him up. And as he was coming up, those chains fell off. And that's a word for you this morning. Your chains that have been holding you back are falling off in the mighty name of Jesus. We have to trust in our prayers that there are being answered. And here the church was praying. And it says in verse eight, and the angel said to him, greet yourself, tie on your sandals, get dressed. So he did. And when and he said to him, put on your garments and follow him. So you can see here how comfortable Peter was. He had his shoes off. Come on now. You know, he had his garments off. You know, it, 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 he probably had a, a 
kept particular at the garment on, but he was resting. He was not afraid. He wasn't saying, thinking to himself, oh my God, tomorrow I go before the king. Tomorrow is going to be, he wasn't doing any of that. He was fast asleep. And like you, and like we said earlier, the angel had to wake him up, had to struck him in the side to wake him up. Have you ever been in a deep, deep sleep like that? And somebody comes and wakes you up and you get up and you open up your eyes and you was like, ooh, you don't even know what's going on. And that's exactly how Peter was feeling because he says in verse nine that, you know, he didn't realize that all of this was taking place, but he thought that he was seeing a vision. He thought that he was seeing, a, he probably thought that he was dreaming. This cannot be possibly happening. I must be dreaming. And that's what it says there, that Peter thought that he was in a vision. That means that he was such in a relaxed stage that he had to be waking up, you know, and then he had to be dressed up. He had to dress himself. I could just imagine him putting on his clothes, half asleep, you know, trying to figure all of these things out that is going on. But the angel was with him. The angel came to rescue him. And Peter didn't realize that. Peter didn't realize that. He thought that he would. And it's not the first time that Peter was, was delivered from prison. Back in chapter 5, there was another situation that he was in prison. And again, an angel showed up on his behalf. So this is nothing new. But yet Peter thought that he was seeing a vision. It says in verse 10, and when they say, and they, when they were past the first and second post, they came to the iron gate. And he opened on its own. It opened on its own. So here we go. Peter was in prison. The prison was a dark, dirty place. The, the prison had a, an, an outer cells and inner cells, inner cells. The cells in the inside of that prison were the more secure one. So most likely that's where Peter was. He was in the deep part of the cell. And these prisons were normally built underground. So they were dark. There was no light in them. That's why the, the presence of the angel says that, it, that his light shone in the prison. He, he brought light to the place, you know, but it, it says that he had to go past the, the first and second post with the angel. So he had to follow the angel out through this particular post that there were guards there. Now, the guards must have been all asleep. Everybody must have been asleep. You know, if you do that in today's uh, prisons, you're in trouble. If we did that in the military, you probably would have been court martial. Why? Because we were not following our duties. We, we neglected our duties. But when God is in the picture, when God, he knows how to turn things around. And he was turning things around right here. He, he, I could just imagine, you know, Peter half asleep, half awake, but all of this is taking place. And look what the beautiful thing is, that Peter, all, he had, all the angel told him to do is get dressed and follow me. Everything else was taken care of. Everything, all the gates were opening on their own. They said that they, they passed through the first one, the second one where the guards were there. They walked right through. And then the last gate, the gate that leads to freedom, the gate that leads to the city, it says that he opened up on his own. That tells me that God is telling us that we need to stand up, we need to rise up, and we need to walk. And as we rise up, Anything that holds us back has to be 
release has to be broken off. And those chains that are trying to tell us that we cannot do it, God is saying, oh, yes, you can. With me, you can do all things. And it says in verse 11, and when Peter came to himself, now he was waking up. Now, now he was waking up. And, and, and he said, I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the king's hand. You know, has delivered me. So he came to his senses. He said, he says, man, I thought I was dreaming. I thought I was dreaming. So I could just imagine him. He must have been just, Woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I am out of prison. You know, I have been set free. In Psalms 34, 7, it says, the angel of the Lord encamps around all. A camp, camp encamps around all, around those who fear him and delivers them and delivers them. And that's another word for you for this morning, that the angel of the Lord encamps with you, all around you, you know, and delivers them. So whatever it is that we may be facing, we got to thank God that he's already answered our prayer. We got to be grateful to him because you know what? We've been praying. The church has been praying. People have been praying for you. You think that you might be all by yourself, but the church has been praying and God is on the move in this season. And we see it here, if, you know, in the book of Acts, how God was moving. And he says in verse 12, and when he has considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many will gather together in prayer. Many will gather. That was the church. They were praying. They were praying. They were praying for, for Peter's deliverance. And Peter, at this particular time, Peter starts knocking on the door, you know, and at the gate. And he's knocking there. And a girl named Rhoda comes to the gate. And she recognizes his voice. And she was so excited. That it was Peter, you know, she was that she forgot to open the door. She was so excited. She would probably will say, oh, thank you. It is Peter. She probably was doing the dance of joy and all that kind of stuff right there at that moment that she takes off and goes back inside and starts telling all those that were there. He says, this is Peter is at the door. Peter's at the door. And they started to rebuke her. They started to tell her, no, no, that cannot be. That cannot be, you know. So. I'm going to say to myself, you've been praying for Peter's deliverance. You've been, <laughs> you've been praying for answer prayer, you know, and here you're getting news that Peter is at the door and what comes out of, uh, out of their mouths is, no, it must be his angel. It must be, you know, he, you know, he's probably dead. He's probably dead. But this again, at this particular time, there was prosecution coming against them. They, even though they serve God and everything else, but they, 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 they were fearing the prosecution that was coming against them. They just lost a brother earlier on. And here we find that Peter, one of their strong leaders, was also in prison, you know, and he was going to be brought before judgment, you know, and most likely killed. But then again, they were praying. So they were praying. But yet again, were they really uh, trusting God? Were they really, you know, or they were just praying. But then when they, I, I don't think God's going to come through. Has that ever happened to you, you know, that you're praying for something and then you're kind of thinking about it and saying, I don't know if this is going to happen. I'm not sure. Maybe this is for somebody else. But no, no, because the Lord was receiving those prayers and the Lord is faithful even when we mess up. 
Come on now. Even when we have doubts, even when fear rises up, God still is faithful and merciful. And he was doing this for the church. And he said, you know what, Peter, you, you're out, you know, and you are alive because it's work that Peter had to do. And what, and what does Peter, he continues to knock in verse, in verse 16. He's still knocking. He's still knocking at that door. And they, they said to themselves, okay, okay, Rhoda. All right, all right, Rhoda. Well, we're going to go check this out. We're going to go check this out, you know. And uh, and they go over there in verse 16. Says, and Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. There was a, oh, Peter, Peter, you know, it's really you. They probably were touching him. They probably were starting, they were probably having a party right at that door, you know. And, 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 and again, and again, uh, they were excited because they were seeing. But we have to have faith and believe that God is still working it even when we don't see it. Even when we don't feel it. Even if when we are being told the opposite, we got to believe in the word of God. We got to trust God and believe that God is in control because, you know, you know, because there are many times that things may be seen impossible for us. Come on now. We all have issues. We all have stuff happening. We all have life going on. You know, we don't go to church on Sunday and get all filled up. Ooh, and that's going to keep us throughout the week. Every day we need to draw closer to God. Every day we need to, to, to understand that he is in control. And for him, nothing is impossible. And that, and you can look that up in Luke uh, 137. There's nothing impossible for God. You know, so, so we have to make sure that we focus on him and not on the situation that we give him the praise, we give him the glory, we give him the honor because he is in control. And at this particular moment, they were all getting excited and Peter had to calm them down. Okay, you guys got to take it down a notch. We cannot be here, in the, you know, so, so early in, in, the, in the evening and you guys making all these noise because you're going to bring attention. He says, keep silent, you know, and he mentioned that with, with his hands, you know, is, is it the Lord has brought me out of prison. Go and tell these to James, to the brethren. And he departed to another place. So important. So important that we, that we, you know, share our testimony of what God has done. So important that we share our story with somebody else. Peter gave him, gave them the testimony. This is what the Lord has done the Lord has sent his angel. The angel did X, Y, and Z. The, the Lord has brought me out of prison. Why? Because we need to hear that. Because your victory is my victory. Your testimony perhaps can shine some light in my life and what I'm dealing and what I am going through today. You know, sometimes we don't think we don't think that our testimony is that important, but you never know who is waiting to hear a word that. We serve a God that can do all things because for him, there is nothing impossible for him to do. So he gave them the testimony he, and he said, he called them, go tell the brethren, go tell the others, spread the word. Because even though we're getting prosecuted, God is moving. God is opening up doors. He literally did for Peter. He opened up the cells. He opened up the gates. Peter was able to walk out of there a free man with no chains, 
No change. Why? Because Peter was trusting in the Lord. Peter was trusting in him. And sometimes we need to see beyond what's in front of us. We need to focus on his word. We need to focus on his promises. And we need to be grateful. Word of God says, pray without ceasing. That means that at all times, I should be meditating on God. I should be thinking about him. You know, some people say, well, how can I meditate on him all the time? You, you got to start someplace. You got to start with praise. You got to start with worship. Throughout the day, spend a moment or two. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this is the day that you have made. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me. Whenever you get a chance, you play some worship music. And, you know, you pick up the scripture. You do the soaping in the morning. Because the more you get into the word, the more you get into studying his word, the more real he becomes, the more you're going to be able to see clearly, the more he is revealing to you. And he says in verse 18, then as soon as it was day. So Peter departed. Peter said what he had to say, and he was gone. Why? Because he didn't want them to be looking for him in that house. He wanted to Get away from there because prosecution was still coming. They were still going to be looking for him. And he didn't want to put nobody in danger. So he departed to another place. So now in the cell, now you got to imagine what was happening in the prison. You know, how can the, all these gates that were closed, how can all these soldiers that were giving command, you know, to, to look after Peter and then Peter disappears, nobody had an answer to and I could just imagine the king. He must have been a rape. You know, I gave you 16 men to guard one man. And you couldn't even do your job. Military, fire and squad. You're done. You know, you're done. You know, you know, you, you, you just broke the golden rule. You didn't follow instructions. You know, so they say, he said that when Herod at the had search in verse uh, 19, uh, for him and found him not. He examined the guards. I could just imagine him. You know, he probably had them there tied up and it says, what happened? And they couldn't say anything. They didn't even know what happened because God moved in a supernatural way. And, why, and it got to the point that he, the, the king just had them executed. He said, you're done. You're done. And he does that for an example for others. Of what not to do. But you know, for God, there's nothing impossible. And he can take any situation that we're facing and may be facing and turn it around. That's what he did for Peter. That's what he did to the, to the followers of Jesus Christ back then. And he still does today. Our God is faithful. Our God is merciful. And God will bring vengeance himself. We don't have to worry about vengeance. God brings it himself because what happens, what happens is there in verse 21. So on a set day, so some a little time later, Harold, you know, was dressed in his royal gown. He was there before the people, you know, and he started to give them uh, some instructions in verse 21. And the people started shouting, you know, the voice of God and not of man, the voice of God and not of man. And I can just imagine this king with his chest puffed up, you know, with his royal robe on, his crown upon his head, and he probably was going, yeah, yeah, that's me, you know, taking all this glory, 
Be careful not to take the glory of God. Be careful not to take the praise that belongs to him. If you do something for the kingdom of God, to God be the glory. To God be the honor. You know, and you got, and all you got to do is direct the people. You give God the praise. You give God the glory. It belongs to him because none of that belongs to us. All that belongs to God. But here the king received the praises, received the glory. And what happened in verse 23? Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give the glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. The end. Look at that. Vengeance came against those that came against God. But vengeance came because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Again, he decided to take the glory. Harold decided to take all the glory, take it from God, and God struck them. You know, God struck them. But what happens, you know, this right here tells you that a lot of times when prosecution comes, Difficult times follow that prosecution. And we need to make sure that we focus on him and on God alone, because God has the answer. God has the answer. We're not supposed to be living in fear, but we're supposed to be living in victory because he already has given us the victory in Christ Jesus. And, and when the Lord is in control, I don't have to be in control. I could just let him lead, let him, and I'm just going to follow the best that I can, you know, and I give him the glory and I give him the honor and give him the praise because he deserves it all. And he's doing it all because what happened after all of this said and done, you know, this king died. And in verse 24, it says, but the word of God grew and multiplied. Praise the name of the Lord. The word of God will always go forward. The word of God will always do what is sent out to do. That's why it's so important that we acknowledge him. We give him the praise. We give him the glory. Here in this particular chapter, you know, we see the hand of God. We see that the, the Lord sent an angel. We see that the brethren were being killed, but God was still in control. We see that. The church was being prosecuted, but they were a praying church. They were praying, even though, even though perhaps they had some doubt. Because when Peter was knocking at the door, they thought that I was his spirit. They thought that I was a, a, his angel. You know, they didn't think that it was Peter. Because if not, they would have said, open the door, let him in. Come on now, open the door. No, but they, they kept telling Rhoda, nah, it can't be him. But God. And we, come on now, we all make mistakes. We all sometimes, you know, and I was thinking and I was rationalizing, you know, but none of us are perfect. I ain't perfect. None of us are. But we serve a God that is. And we can go to him and say, Lord, forgive me for thinking this way. Forgive me for seeing things that I shouldn't be seeing. Forgive me, Lord God, for, for going in that direction and help me. And that's all it takes. And God will redirect us. And God will put us where we need to be going. And God will show us the way, just as he did Peter. Peter was half asleep, and the angel was taking him out of prison. He thought he was having a vision, but the angel was delivering him. Why? Because that was the will of God, that Peter be set free from that prison. And Peter ended up doing what he needed to do. 
the word of the Lord continued to grow. It multiplied. People were saved. And the church grew. And the church grew. And perhaps today you may feel like, hey, I'm feeling like all this prosecution. I feel like, look what the government is at. Look what they're saying. Look where, look at the state of our economy and our nation. You know, look at New Jersey. Look, 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 look how crazy New Jersey is and all this stuff. But we can't look at that. We need to look at Jesus because he has a way for us. He's already making a way. He says that our days are ordered by the Lord. So he already has our day planned out. All we need to do is follow him. All we need to do is just to go in his direction and say, Lord, show me the way. And again, before we close, we all have our story. We all have a testimony. Peter made sure that he told them what the Lord has done. Peter made sure that he said, and tell the brethren, your story is important. Your testimony is important of what God has done and what God can do for others to hear, for others to be lifted up. Again, your testimony, it's a way out for other people. You may say, well, that's only a little thing. That No, no, no. There are others that have not been through where you've been at. But God, and that testimony needs to be heard. So again, I just challenge you to, to share your testimony, share what God has done, you know, pass the word of the Lord, you know, because God is in control. And, and this chapter, there was so much more. I had about 10 pages written up, you know, and I said, oh my God, I got to cut this out even more. Look, and I even, I even went over a couple of minutes. I apologize for that. Papa Hernandez normally says my 30 minutes and that's it. You know, but this was such a good, good book, you know, such a good chapter, you know, and it's so much. You see, when you get into the word of God, God starts revealing things to you in that word and start opening it up even more. You can, you know, one or two sentences in this particular chapter, you could have a whole hour message because that's how good the word is. And that's why we need to read it. That's why we need to study it. That's why, because the word of God says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So as we get closer to God, as we read, as we soak, guess what? He's going to be touching. He's going to be feeling. He's going to be making a way. Again, nothing is impossible for him. For him, all things are. For men, it's impossible. For Peter, it was impossible. But guess what? Peter was not crying. Again, let's remember, he was asleep. He was halfway naked. Come on now. He was halfway naked. He didn't have his cloak on. He didn't have his sandals on. He was probably in his undershorts right there. You know, that the angel had to tell him, get dressed. Come on, we got to go. And Peter had to, you know, <laughs> had to get up. and had to get dressed before he left the prison. You know, that's how assured Peter was that he was comfortable, even in an uncomfortable situation. See, that's another point. You could be in a hard situation. And as most difficult as it can be, God can give you peace and God can give you comfort. And God is with you here this morning. I got to go. God is here with you this morning. Receive his comfort. Receive his grace. Receive his peace this morning because he is there with you. He promised that he will never leave us, nor forsake us, nor abandon us. So my brothers and sisters, keep your focus, keep your focus, keep your focus. The best is yet to come. Come on, Sunday's coming around the corner. You know, we have connect groups, you know, and all that stuff that is going on in the church. The victory is right at hand. 
God is on the move. Let's get in with the Lord because God wants to show off this particular season. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your peace, your joy. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters. I pray that you would just meet them where they're at. I ask you, Father, that you would just open up the doors for them, Father. Open up those doors, Father. And Lord God, your word says right here that, that as Peter raised up, as Peter stood up, Father God, those chains came falling off, Father. Whatever it is that it might be hindering my brothers and sisters, Father, I command that in the name of Yeshua, the God of Israel, that those chains be broken, that those chains will be lifted, that as they rise up to you, Father God, all the hindrance will fall off. For this I ask, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, and I thank you in advance, and I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in every single one of them. For this I ask, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, keep your focus, keep your focus. We'll talk soon. Have a blessed day. Amen.